0: good night, I guess. Uh, I'm not going to dictate when you decide to listen to me. Could be either way. Morning, noon, night, wherever you're at. Welcome to this week's episode. I'm so glad you could be here with us and us meaning uh, me and Jesus and you. So we, maybe I should say we. (laughs) Oh, it's good. It's good. It's going to be a good one. Um, I'm going to talk about a Controversial, we'll say controversial, but I'd like to think that all my episodes are controversial to somebody, depending on who the listener is. But um, I had this encounter, we're gonna jump right into it. No, uh, no soapbox today, but I had this encounter a few years ago, and it's kind of a long setup, so bear with me here. But a few years ago, I had this encounter, and uh, it was pretty unorthodox. Um, it's hard to fully explain, but, um, I, I had a very close friend of mine, um, closer at the time. Now I wouldn't exactly say we're very close, but, um, still would consider him a a good friend of mine, um, who I try to see, uh, every so often when our schedules allow it. I just spent his birthday with him this summer, which was a, a nice, um, Nice for both of us, I think uh just good to see him, but a good friend of mine who is uh gay and um has been gay uh for his entire life, if not a good ninety percent of his life <laughs> I really don't remember um I'm sure at some point he told me when that that occurred to him that he was gay, but it was uh i remember it it was definitely very early it wasn't like he was you know, one of these dudes who lives, uh, gets married, has kids. And then at 50, they decide, or I I guess I shouldn't say that, but at, at 50, they, they're gay, you know, or they come out, um, late in life. He was, uh, uh, I don't know what they called. I'm not super, uh, uh, what's the word versed. I'm not, I'm not extremely versed in the terminology. So forgive me if I'm saying things that are a little bit, um, uh, politically incorrect. Uh, definitely I'm not trying to offend anyone on either side of any topic um, or mindset belief system what whatever. Um, if you're gay, I hope you can listen to this podcast and be completely um, almost untriggered, <laughs> maybe a little triggered. I want everybody to be a little triggered. So anyway, uh, he's gay and I went to his wedding. And I remember at the time, it was, uh, it was controversial, at least in uh, to some of my friends, on whether or not I should go, um, mostly to friends that didn't know him personally, but just friends in the Christian community that, that had a problem with me going to a gay wedding. Um, you know, I, I should, first and foremost, I'd like to state that um, I don't believe in homosexual marriage. I don't believe in gay marriage. Um, as a concept uh, and I don't think the church should ever be in a place where we condone it. Right. So that's stated. Um, On the flip side, I, I'm a little bit different than a lot of Christians. I don't actually believe that we should be the morality police. Um, You know, I know that there's a lot of people that would disagree with me on that, but um, I don't, I don't see anywhere biblically um at least under the new covenant where i'm supposed to dictate what uh, other people do that aren't believers i mean if somebody's a believer in the church and they're like yeah i want to be gay i'm like okay that's great but you can't these these things conflict right outside the church i don't i don't see it as a conflict i don't see it as like oh because i follow jesus um i shouldn't be, or can be gay, but somebody else who doesn't, um, I don't, I don't really see how that could be a conflict because to me, it's like, uh, if you choose Jesus, then he, then your choice is made up for you. But if you haven't chose Jesus, then I'm pretty sure you still have free will and, um, what you do pre Jesus doesn't exactly matter to me because it doesn't affect my salvation, my relationship with God, and um, I don't know. Maybe I'm completely wrong on this, and I I have friends that would I know for a fact would completely disagree with me, but uh, I don't I don't see how it could be a problem, especially legally. I'm like legally, if marriage is a legal document. Um, I have no problem with people legally being, being married, um, in gay lifestyles because I'm like, legally they should be like as a legal right, um, as a citizen of the United States, they should have the same rights that I do. And if they want to marry a man, then legally they should be allowed to. But what the difference to me is like marriage itself in the church, um, as a believer isn't about a legal document. It's about a spiritual covenant. And so that's where the difference comes in where I'm like, okay, legally, yeah, I think people should be allowed to do things that morally I would disagree with as a believer, right? So I uh, hope that's clear, at least what I'm saying, um, whether you agree or not, totally different, uh, totally different thing, but definitely at least um, as long as I'm understood in what I'm saying. Um, I do not oppose gay marriage legally. Morally, I don't think it's correct but legally i don't think it's wrong i don't think it's i don't want to say i don't think it's wrong um i don't think that it's uh i don't think that i have a a right to keep somebody from doing it does that make sense i wouldn't encourage it but i also wouldn't say okay well you can't do that you know um, anyway, maybe I'm making this more complex than it is. Hopefully, I'm understood. But um, I decided that I would go to his wedding because, A, um, pre Jesus, I told him I'd go to his wedding, you know? And he's a very dear friend of mine. I love this man to death. He's one of the uh, best humans, quite frankly, uh, that, that I've ever known. Um, one of the nicest guys, uh, loyal, uh, kind. Uh, um, lighthearted. I mean, literally, there's not enough uh, good things to say about him. He's just a phenomenal person, and so um, knowing him pre Jesus, he was one of my closest friends and um, and a mentor in some ways. And so I told him, you know, years ago, like, hey, when you get married, I'm coming. You know, I want to be there. I want to support you. And so just because I'd I'd met Jesus. You know, it wasn't really uh, a a conflict. It wasn't like a, oh, okay, well, now I have to think about it. I never thought about it because to me, Jesus would be at this wedding, you know? Um, Jesus is with tax collectors. Jesus is sitting at tables with prostitutes and with all these other people. I'm like, oh, if Jesus was going to be somewhere, don't you think he'd want to go to a gay wedding? You know? Um, Just because Jesus sat at the table with prostitutes didn't mean he was condoning their lifestyle. So, How does me being at someone's wedding condone what they're doing? Um, If anything, all it does is show that I love them beyond, you know, uh, their lifestyle or or quote unquote their romantic decisions, you know. So um, I wasn't a conflict, but I know it was controversial with some people that I knew uh, about the fact that I was going, but I just figured, hey. I love this guy and Jesus loves this guy. So if anything, I want to be at that wedding and be a representation of Jesus at his wedding and, um, and love people. And honestly, I, I feel like I carry, I wouldn't say it's a burden, but definitely this heart of like, Hey, we have been really awful to get the gay community in ways that we shouldn't have. Um, and, uh, atrocious in some ways. And so I'm like, Somebody's got to be a light to those, you know, to, to uh, gay individuals, and um, and I'm happy to be that person and love them just like I would love any other human being, and uh, and not hate them, you know. And uh, so anyway, I went to his wedding, and um, <clears throat> after his wedding, I, which was amazing, by the way, I'll be honest, uh, one of the most entertaining weddings I'd ever been to uh, was over in literally 60 seconds and um can't say that about most straight weddings they drag on and on there's so much drama there's all this nonsense that goes along with weddings a lot of weddings i've been to i've been to some good weddings don't get me wrong but most weddings i've been to i would say were insane amounts of unnecessary drama and and pain and somebody upset at somebody else for something ridiculous and um, I, I don't super enjoy being in weddings. I do, I do like going to weddings sometimes. It depends on who's getting married. I think if I'm really close to somebody, then I'm going to enjoy their wedding. And, uh, but if I don't really know anybody, know anybody, then I guess I'm kind of indifferent to a wedding. There's people that love weddings and then there's people I think like me that are like, yeah, it's a wedding, you know? It is what it is, <laughs> so that's where I fall on the line of like, you know, you send me a wedding invite, I'm not jumping up and down like, oh boy, another wedding. I'm probably like, oh, okay, cool. So-and-so's getting married, that's great. Um, I do enjoy a good awkward wedding, those are fun. Um, I got to MC a friend's wedding a couple years ago. That was really fun. I had a great time doing that for them. Um, and, uh, and I knew them both well enough. Uh, you know, the groom was my roommate and one of my favorite roommates. And so getting to do their wedding was an uh, uh, awesome experience. I had an absolute blast doing that. And I've had other friends that have gotten married that I've had a very, very uh, fun and amazing time uh, being a part of. But the uh, the wedding got over. And uh, had a blast and and went back to a friend's and, you know, just kind of, I don't want to say snuggle in for the night because that's not exactly what we did. But just kind of like, you know, got comfy, got cozy. And I was sitting out. um, Everybody had gone to bed. And I was sitting outside. It's probably midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Maybe later. I don't actually remember what time we got back from this wedding. It might have been closer to 2 2 a.m. or so, I know everybody was asleep, it's middle of the night, and I went and sat in his backyard, just underneath, Um, he had like a tree, uh, just by this like little, um, I don't know what you call it, but like a playground set, and so I'm sitting next to this slide and this tree, and I'm sitting there, and boom, 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 it feels like I'm feeling all these giant pulses of energy coming out of the ground, like literally like uh, rhythmic, like heartbeats almost. But they're like really intense, really powerful coming out of the ground and into my body and they're just radiating within me. And each time one of them hits, I can feel the vibration so intensely. I feel this like overwhelming sense of the love of God. And it's like, boom, whoa, boom, whoa, boom, whoa. And it's just, it just keeps going. And for like 30, 40 minutes, it's this nonstop, just waves of love that I'm feeling radiating from the Lord through the ground and into my body. And I have this um, kind of out of body experience. And it's a visual experience as well, where I, I begin to see myself like, in my mind's eye, as an earthworm. And just like, moving around in the ground and feeling radiating waves of love and you know earthworms don't have uh, they might have eyes I don't want to say they don't have eyes but I know um, that they they pretty much get around by vibrations that they feel in the ground and they have these little sensors that help them um, move underground because it's hard to see it's dark whatever and so they use vibration actually to navigate in the dirt and I was having this encounter with the Lord of like, wow, I'm feeling your waves of love, your vibrations, and I feel like an earthworm moving around in the dirt. And I just had this radical sense of like, oh wow, this is what it this is what it feels like to walk by faith, not by sight. And literally just following the Lord through waves of love rather than trying to look where I'm going all the time and and messing up. It's like, oh, if I just follow these little love waves, everywhere that you go, you send out these shock waves of your love, like it's so easy to follow you here, you know? And and I'm feeling these and and I'm seeing myself as a worm moving through the dirt, and then I hear the Lord say, "Why do you think you're so sensitive?" You know, and all my life I've thought I'm too sensitive. You know, gr- growing up with five sisters and just the experiences I had as a kid, um and, you know, animals, I have a really hard time, like, killing anything, like, even bugs, and, and I don't mean that, like, they gross me out, I mean, like, I see a bug, I see an animal, and I immediately have this overwhelming sense of, like, compassion for life, and, and I'm just, like, it's just hard for me, you know, I'm not anti-hunting, I'm not anti any of that stuff, I'm, you know, currently learning how to become a better trapper, and, uh, and I do kill things, it's just that I, I have this sense of, taking a life that you know i I guess not everybody has and i don't mean that in a disrespectful way i just i i'm sure there's no way that most people feel the way that i do um when something's killed because i feel this overwhelming sense of pain and and love for even the smallest creatures and um and even plants you know and, and that existed even before Jesus. It's only amplified since meeting Jesus for sure. But, but um, even inanimate objects, I'll feel feelings for them. Or um, if I use my right hand too much, you know, I, hopefully there's some people like me out there, but, I, you know, I'm probably the only one. If I use my right hand too much, I begin to feel actual, um, like, rejection from my left hand. Like, my left hand will feel rejected um off like my toes right if i use one leg more than the other if i use uh certain toes more than other ones i feel this sense of like oh man what a bummer for this little guy like man my big toe didn't get to do as much work as my other toe you know it's this really weird thing that i've always had and um and i'll feel it right for cups like if i pick a cup too many days in a row i'll be like man these other cups are probably bummed out that i'm not picking them and so I'll, I'll, I'll kind of shift what I do, um, the way that I drive to work. If I drive to work one way too many times, I feel like I-5 gets, uh, gets upset with me. And so then I'll start taking I-5 until I'm like, okay, now I probably need to take Shasta View. And, uh, you know, so it's like everything is amplified with emotion for me. And so when the Lord asked me, why do you think you're so sensitive? I've always looked at that as a bad thing you know, I've always thought, man, I'm so sensitive. Like, how could I ever do anything? How could I ever, you know, everybody must think I'm so weird all the time. I have all these heightened emotions for things that aren't alive, have no emotion. And yet I feel this sense of like injustice for them. And I've always viewed it as a bad thing. And and I've prayed many, many times, pre-Jesus, post-Jesus, like, God, I'm so, I'm too sensitive. You need to, Like, kill that, kill that in me. I don't want to be, I don't want this sensitivity. I don't want to have compassion for everything. I I don't want this. And so, when he asked me, Why do you think you're so sensitive? I thought, Well, I don't know, because I suck. (laughs) You know, (laughs) like, I don't know, I suck. Like, this can't be a good thing. And he didn't say anything else. Yet next, all that happened was I began to see this earthworm moving even more. And then I saw these five little highlights appear on an earthworm, on, on me as the earthworm. And the Lord said, you are like an earthworm. And I remembered this random moment from like some science class uh, in high school, I think, in biology, learning that earthworms have... Five hearts and so when when you you know you cut off part of their body they can actually survive both ends because they both have a beating heartbeat and and earthworms can like they're kind of like starfish you know they can like split i don't think they regrow limbs like starfish but i'm pretty sure like each individual part unless you cut it at the right point they just continue as like two separate worms now and or three separate worms now and I was like, man, if I'm like an earthworm and I'm this sensitive because I have, you know, in the spirit, I have five hearts, right? Like bear with me on the, on the you're going to have to bear with me. Hopefully you're understanding what I'm saying here. I don't actually have five hearts, but in the spirit, the Lord was showing me this revelation of myself, of having five hearts, being overly sensitive. Most people have one heart. I have five. Thus why I have such amplified emotion, amplified compassion, amplified love. The Lord was revealing to me the resiliency of compassion, the resiliency of my love, the resiliency of my care and, and all these beautiful attributes of being um, a lover, not a fighter, <laughs> which I am. Uh, although I will fight, um, I'm much happier when everybody's loving each other. You know, but I, for the first time in my life, I began to see the sensitivity as like, oh, this is actually like the greatest strength. Love is a strength. Sensitivity is a strength. Care is a strength. Compassion's a strength. It's not. It's not a, a weakness. I've always thought it was a weakness because when you're Compassionate for things, and let's not say cups, right? Let's not say my left arm and my right arm. Let's let's talk about people. When we're talking about people, when you're when you have compassion for somebody, and it's amplified, it means it's a lot easier to hurt you. Right? It's easy for you to get hurt, but it's really hard for you to get killed. It's really easy for you to feel hurt, feel emotional pain if you're somebody who's you know you're you've got pretty thick skin you're not easily uh um hurt by words or like certain things don't affect you emotionally like they do other people that's great you know that can be a strength too that's really helpful for certain situations but probably easier to kill you (laughs) or to burn you out right not physically kill but but burnout would be death in the scenario, right? So it's easier for you to burn out when you're overly compassionate, when you carry love for people on a profound scale. It's so much easier for you to be hurt, but it's so much easier, it's impossible to kill you. It's impossible for you to get burnout. When we grow in our love and our compassion, we're literally increasing our ability to Not only help the people around us, have a space for them that feels safe, we're even making it harder for us to get killed, for our joy to be stolen, for us to be burnt out in what we're doing and help. And this is why people with big hearts, and I mean that in the emotional way, not in the physical big hearts. I'm pretty sure life is actually really hard if you have a really big heart and a large heart. You know, we can't all be... uh, I was going to say Sagittarius. (laughs) We definitely can't all be Sagittarius, but Secretariat, we can't all be Secretariat. Secretariat's heart was three times bigger than that of a normal uh, racing horse. um, And thus why uh, he or she, I don't know if it was a man or a girl horse, but um, Secretariat was so good at racing. You know, had a, a heart three times larger than an average racing horse's heart. You know, much easier to pump blood, but I'm pretty sure in humans it's a it's not a it's not a great thing. But um, but in the <laughs> in the emotional way, having a big heart makes it easier for you to run faster, makes it easier for you to love people quicker, makes it easier for you to heal and heal other people rather than taking all of your effort to just heal one place. And so I think it's—I think it um, was a gifting that the Lord actually gave me. And, and this is the first time that I'd ever come to that conclusion where this is actually not um, a detriment to me as a human being. And I stopped praying those prayers of like, Lord, take this for me. It was actually like, Lord, increase it. Make me more compassionate. Make, make me to love people better. Make me to love myself better. Make me to love everything more not less I don't want to be if this is my greatest strength I don't want to be cut down and and I don't want the compassion of a normal man I want the compassion of a superior man of you you know because obviously if God was an earthworm he'd have like a billion hearts or something you know or a trillion hearts, I don't know, some ridiculous number. I'd like to be more like that. And it was this beautiful, like, weird encounter. I wasn't expecting it, wasn't looking for it. was talking to the Lord, probably about weddings, probably about, you know, the girl of the month, um, which is a really bad thing to say because it wasn't like I was, you know, I wasn't doing any uh, extracurriculars. It was more of just like, you know, I am I fall hard and fast. So it was probably just whatever girl I was into for that month and had had dreams about her or something. And, um, and maybe it even wasn't that. I don't actually remember what I was praying into, but I was praying into something and, and went into this encounter and just for the first time had this radical experience of like, wow, I what I've always deemed my greatest weakness is actually my greatest strength. And I've had no idea this whole time because I think it's hurtful for me to be so sensitive and really, how much more damaging would it be if I was incapable of love like this, of love like you? And if I can feel this way about inanimate objects, how much greater is your love for mankind? Because his love is surpasses all understanding. All understanding. You know, that doesn't mean like my understanding or Bill Johnson's understanding. That means all understanding, which means if you took every human being's capacity for understanding, you put it on a map or on a scale, and put every human being who has ever lived combined, you know, if every human has a capacity of two understanding, you had two times 70 billion or however many people have been here that's a big number and it surpasses even that it's like 150 billion (laughs) and it's bigger (laughs) if i can love a cup so much that i feel bad if i've been drinking out of the one next to it too many times in a week how much greater could his compassion be for mankind And it was this beautifully intimate moment with me and the Lord of realizing not only was what I thought such a detriment to myself, such a great strength, but it was also like, wow, how much do you love me? And if I can feel your love physically coming at it, radiating from the earth through creation, how much more could I feel it from one of those that you love? You know? If I can feel the vibrations of love in the ground, (laughs) how much greater can the vibrations of love coming off of the people that you love be, right? They must be pulsating at an unimaginable rate. So to commemorate this beautiful encounter, I told a friend about it. Um, My longest friend, my oldest friend told her about it and, uh, had such a beautiful time, just kind of described, you know, what the Lord had shown me, what I'd felt and, and all these things. And so she, I told her when we were kids, I mean, probably 12, uh, one day that I would get one of her drawings tattooed onto my body. And, um, and so I told her about the encounter, not even, you know, not remembering that promise that I'd made so long ago, but she, uh, she drew it up. She drew my encounter and I got it. I got it done, I think a month or two later, I, she sent it to me and I thought, oh my gosh, I have to get that tattooed. And then I remembered the promise and I went, oh, I really have to get that tattooed. And so to this day now I have, um, my favorite tattoo. I've got nine currently and my absolute favorite is me as an earthworm with long flowy blue hair. Cause I always wanted long blue hair and I don't know why. It just radiates freedom and uh, it's an earthworm with this long mullet of blue hair and a mustache and this cute little top hat (laughs) with a flower on top. I mean, if, I don't know that any human being other than, like realistically speaking, I have a lot of very close friends. I don't know that anyone but this one friend knows me that well, um, other than myself, of course, and Jesus. So most people just think it's like a funny tattoo. You know, it sticks, it's on my ankle, it sticks out of my sock, so he, he can uh, <laughs> he can peek out of the socks. It's so funny. But um, most people just think it's a weird tattoo, but um, it's my favorite for sure, because it's not only just a cool little doodle that my friend drew and, um, but it's a beautiful reminder that I look at every single day that, hey, I'm an earthworm, love people, feel all the feels, be sensitive and, um, be compassionate and remember the encounter that I had with the Lord and realize, wow, if I can love the way that I do, how much better is he at it? Mm, so good. I'm looking at it right now. God bless tattoo artists. Garrett, if you're listening, shout out Garrett. Beautiful job, my man. Uh, I'm just as in love with this tattoo right now as I am the day you put it on my skin. But <sighs> I hope that helps you today. I hope uh, wherever you're at whatever you're doing. If this is just a fun podcast for the week, or if you're like, Oh, I'm pretty sensitive. Like that's a good way to look at it. Um, or if you're the opposite, you're like, Hey, I actually, I hate people. Um, (laughs) I have no, no love for animals. I hate dogs. That's a big red flag. Let's just point that out right now. Uh, Um, you're not a dog person. Uh, I don't trust you. And I'm pretty sure that there's a spiritual precedent for it. Uh, we'll cover that maybe on another episode. Preferably with a guest, but um, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Back to back to the point. If you're somebody that's like, yeah, I don't really feel that compassionate towards people, um, we'll focus on the people side. Then um, take it as an opportunity to grow and become more loving, become more caring. Let your heart be open to sensitivity. Don't be so weirded out by it. You can be a manly man and be sensitive. Nothing wrong with that. I've heard too many ridiculous nonsense people say things like men aren't made for emotions. Um, Even men that I have a high respect for or women that I respect a lot that say, you know, things like that. Um, It's a bunch of baloney. You can be sensitive. You don't have to be weird, but you can be sensitive. There's a difference. And uh, so I hope today you'll take this as, uh, as a sign for yourself to remain open. Be open to love and unfathomable levels of it. Have a good night, y'all, or day, or week. Oh, it's Thanksgiving next week. Have an amazing Thanksgiving. Oh, my gosh. There's no episode next week. Have a glorious week. All right, guys, we'll see you. We'll catch up. The week after Thanksgiving, I don't know the date of that off the top of my head, but um, whatever day that is, we'll see you then. What's up, party people? Thanks for listening to the Jesus is Supernatural podcast. This podcast was edited and produced by Nicao Productions. To check out other shows by Nicao, just search Nikao Productions wherever you listen to podcasts.